Learn more about the albums you love with Dissect, a music analysis podcast hosted by me, Cole Kushner, a lifelong musician. Each season of Dissect dives deep into one album, examining the music, lyrics, and meaning of one song per episode. We've covered albums by Kendrick Lamar, Tyler the Creator, Frank Ocean, just to name a few, and our brand new season just launched all about Radiohead's 2007 masterpiece, In Rainbows. Listen to Dissect on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts, because great art deserves more than a swipe. It's the Full Go, presented by FanDuel. The playoff action is heating up, and with FanDuel, you can bet on everything from the NBA Finals MVP to who's going to lift the Stanley Cup. And right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub. Filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays, or SGPs as the kids like to call them, all on one page. Plus, start betting on the pulse and get paid instantly when you win. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus, 18 plus in D.C. and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Chicago everywhere. Check it. It's not enough Chicago. We just don't have enough Chicago people. Jason Goff is here. Well, I'm at Full Go. The Full Go Podcast. The Full Go. Bears, Bulls, White Sox, Cubs, and Blackhawks. Our man, Jason Goff. Three times a week with Jason Goff. His mood is elevated. He is feeling good. Jason, I'm loving the Full Go. Love the Full Go. The Full Go. The Full Go. Welcome to Full Go with Jason Goff. That is what I'm talking about. Talking about. What up, world? You're listening to the Full Goal with Jason Gall well, presented by the Ringer. Spotify, the, 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 you know, the hallway and through the living room and 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 and, and singing Frozen at the top of his lungs. And then he want to come and ask me about basketball and the 24 second clock. And I'm like, all right, play whatever you want to do. You yeah, know what yeah, I'm yeah. Like, Come on in. That man, yes. that, that man lasted a quarter and a half and was like, Daddy, do I? I was like, you doing? You ain't got to finish, player. You ain't got to finish. Go ahead. And do what you want to do, man. <laughs> in that moment, I felt the mechanical drawing class creeping into me like, yep, this is exactly what it was. Yep. I know oh, yeah. damn well I shouldn't have been in that class. I just mm-hmm. wanted to show Dad I could get down the way he get down. So uh, with that being said, welcome in. Welcome in. What is this, episode 304? I think it is. Episode 304 of the Full Go Podcast with Jason Goff. Brought to you by The Ringer and, of course, Spotify is the gang. We got Tuesdays with AB. You already know. Good old number 96, Alex Brown, former mm-hmm. Chicago Bear, joining us every single Tuesday during this NFL football season. Of course, we got the Chief Vibes officer himself, Chris Sutton, the exceptional one, Kyle Williams, our guy, Tony Gill, is out on paternity leave, waiting for that album to drop any day now. <laughs> um, AB, AB, hey man, I got to give it to your boys on your side of the field because the defense 
without a pass rush, by the way, mm-hmm. did their jobs. Yes. Like TJ Edwards, Shemaine Edmonds made some plays. I mean, mm-hmm. that, that secondary without Justin Jefferson had to do a whole bunch of tackling of TJ Hawkinson. I want to talk to you about the play, the Jordan Addison corner route and what you saw there yep. as a defender and yep. what some of these young guys will have to learn. But all in all, man, the, the defensive side of the football, before we get to the, mm-hmm. the leading story with Justin and, and the backup quarterback, how did you think the defense performed? It, it's been a long time, man. We've been looking for a performance like that a while. So when you go out and what more, honestly, I mean, obviously people can say you can ask for a shutout, right? But the the the, <laughs> the barometer that you're putting yourself against, and this is what we put it, we put ourselves on, 13 points or less, right? Mm. Love, you'll start out the season like 17, and as we go, we just keep pushing it down, pushing it down, just putting pressure on us. So 13 points or less um, on defense, you give up. You shut the run down. They gave up under 50 yards rushing. Perfect. Now we got to get after the quarterback. We got to get some sacks from the defensive line. We got to get pressure from the defensive line. We weren't able to do that, right? So, um, but Iberflus is working with that. He understands what he has. So that's why Mm -hmm. we're seeing five, six-man blitzes coming now. We're seeing because he knows you got to get pressure on the quarterback or you're going to be in trouble because the DBs, I don't give a damn how good they are. They can't cover for six, right. seven seconds. You can't do it. So you got to get pressure on the quarterback. And they, I thought they played well. I thought they played a hell of a game um, in a loss. Now, normally, you don't you don't get a pat on the back for when you lose. But I am – it was such a good performance by this particular defense – and we've seen them play horrific. So when they do play well, I got to tell them that they play well. They, they had a, a, a really good game and the guys made plays. I want to ask you week to week the ebbs and flows for a rookie defensive lineman, especially these two defensive tackles that got drafted in, in, in this year's class, Zach Pickens and, of course, Javon Dexter. Mm-hmm. We saw Javon Dexter flash a couple of times the week before, mm-hmm. right? But yep. still hasn't been able to supplant Justin Jones nor Andrew Billings. Mm-hmm. Andrew Billings got 30 snaps. Justin Jones got 43. Javon mm-hmm. Dexter Sr. got 16. Zach Pickens got 10. Mm-hmm. When you're a young defensive lineman and you know those reps are going to be few and far between and you got to flash what's what's most important in terms of technique coaching uh, <laughs> and what are you seeing from these young dudes because as we mentioned we would get to the to the ends because Demarcus Walker and Yannick Ngakwe damn they played the whole game <laughs> right so if yep. you're looking for Raheem Grant if you're looking for uh, Dominique Robinson they weren't nowhere to be found because the boys was out there 75 percent of the time but the interior and especially what you know what that three technique has to do what what are you seeing from these young dudes and what has to be more consistent especially when these reps are as limited as they are i think that's what uh the limited but let's start with those guys the guys that are getting the limited reps you got to make the most of your reps when the plays come to you you got to go out and make plays because this is how you and, and including practice so when you're at practice you got to make sure you're doing your stuff so the coach can trust putting you in the game so it's not gonna be it's it never is that moment where yeah i can i can screw around all week i ain't gonna do nothing right <laughs> I'm going to bust an assignment here and there, and then coach going to put me out there for 50 plays. That ain't going to work. So you got to make sure you're doing your thing throughout the week. You get the game plan. You understand the game plan. You can go out and you can execute the game plan on the practice field. If you're doing all that and you're still not seeing the field, maybe that guy just better, and you need to do something mm. different. 
as far as when the offseason mm. comes, you need to come back a different player if you're doing all this stuff right. So, or keep preparing yourself. You never know what's going to happen. I know we're going to get to it, but Badgett is in the game now. So mm. don't wait until mm. that opportunity comes and then you're not used to preparing a certain way. Prepare as if you're going to start each and every time. So when you do get your chance, and it was around, it was around now when I got my shot. I started, I started nine games in my rookie year. Um, we play playing 16 games. The last game I didn't start. I think it was the last game I didn't start. But I played in the game, and I was just nicked up, I think. But we, when, when that opportunity comes, it, it's like that. It's boom. And then the next one gone if you don't take hold of it. So I, I know I know you remember B-Rob. So Brian Robinson yeah. got a DUI um, mm. and yep. gave me an opportunity to play. Gave me an opportunity to start. And I ain't come out, you know. It was okay. I'm, I'm, I'm riding. Let's ride. So, like, when those opportunities come, then they will come. But as you're getting these little reps, you take those. Now, the interior, what I'm seeing is I'm seeing that nobody really respects. Not that we have a monster inside. We don't. They'll double-team the, the inside guys, and they'll leave guys one-on-one. I'm seeing a lot of one-on-one blocking. Yeah. The only guys I'm seeing beat one-on-one blocking are the linebackers that's blitzing. On the big play that Edmonds made, it was T.J. Edwards that beat the running back, ran through him, mm. and got a hand on the quarterback, which caused the errant throw, right? They called it a fumble. I thought it was an interception in the game. They called it a fumble and recovered by Edmonds. But, like, these are the guys that are making the plays. When they send Sanborn, he is making the play. They're beating blocks. We don't have guys up front that can beat blocks. That is something that Dexter can show at practice, when you go one-on-ones, you show that you can win in one-on-ones and you got a shot. Now, when that third and long come up, they're going to put you out there. And now mm. you got a shot. Mm. Now, everybody, now you got people that, oh, he ain't get but three plays. What, what did you do in the three plays? It ain't how many right. plays you get. <laughs> it's, it's, you, did you get right. a chance? And what did you do with that chance? So, I think that's how you have to look at it, um, especially with Dexter. Like, you have to... Find out where you can help this team because this team isn't perfect by any by any means. Right, spots open. <laughs> yeah, yeah. there's some spots open. There's, there's some available. There's some time available right now if you want to go take it. So, and I think that's a place where he could actually help this team. Don't first and second down. Now, nah, just the third down, second and long. When it's time to rush the passer. When it's time to beat a guy one-on-one, you ain't got to be the biggest guy. You ain't got to be the fastest guy all the time. You just got to be able to win one-on-one. If you can win a one-on-one and get pressure on the quarterback, get him off his spot, you got a shot to get in the game. All right, let's talk about winning one-on-one. What was the toughest transition that you had to make or that you saw being made at the pro level when your OGs pulled you to the side, gave you little tips, mm-hmm. little tricks to the tr- or the trade? Like, what what do offensive linemen do in college that they don't do in the pros? Like, what what, what are some of the things that Zach and Jervon right now are seeing that, that is new to them for the first time in their football lives? <laughs> I'm going to tell, tell you exactly what it is. And it, it ain't nothing crazy that, like, individual players do what they're mm-hmm. seeing right now is everybody is goddamn so enough good that's what they said 
<laughs> hey, he's not seeing. Everybody was all conference. Yeah, he's not seeing the guard from Vanderbilt. He's not seeing him. He's right. not seeing the guy from Tulane that they picked up first game of the season. He ain't seeing that. He's not seeing the. He's seeing guys that are in the NFL. He ain't even seeing preseason because a lot of them guys mm. ain't got no problem with somebody um, working at McDonald's or doing or Walmart or whatever. But that's what they're doing right now. Yeah. They ain't right. in the league. That's what they're doing. Like that's like this is what you're seeing. This is what you have to adjust to. You have to adjust to everybody being good. But what do you do? You gotta find out. You gotta watch film. You gotta find out. Everybody has a tail outside of um uh what's my man name for Seattle? Walter Jones. Walter Jones ain't had mm. nothing. Nothing. Nah. Well, I, I say what. So Walter Jones. You talking about you talking about in the past, and when you say a tail for the people who ain't up oh, to okay. speed, you talking about like something in their past set or something in their run set that lets you know which what the play Correct. is going to be. Something, something in in everything. So when it's a okay. pass, when it's a run, if he's pulling, if he's going away from you, how is he setting up when it's first down and ten and it's a block and it's a run play? How does he set up? Is that different? from second and 13. This is the stuff you got to look at because these are pre-snap reads. Your pre-snap reads mm. tell you everything. It give you 80%. Mm. Now, and, and honestly, it don't tell you so, what. So, so, so you coming out the huddle, AB. Yep. You coming out the huddle, you look, as soon as you get the play call, mm-hmm. what, what were you trained and, and trained yourself mm-hmm. to notice first, second, third, fourth, before you put that hand in the dirt? And while you were sitting there in your in your stance as well. Yeah. Well, I'm looking at first first off, I gotta know the down and distance. I gotta know that. Right. Cause that's gonna give me, okay, I'm uh throughout the week, we've eliminated stuff that they don't do on second and seven or more. You know, so these are things they do not do. So they haven't shown okay. that could they do it, sure. But they haven't shown it over the six games we watched, they've only shown it two out of ninety-three times. Okay, I'm gonna go with the 92, 91 time that they didn't do it, right? So okay. and so I come out of the snap. I need to know my job. Okay, we're in two two receivers. We got one receiver, one back. I need to know my job first. Now, when I get in my stance, I'm looking at this guard. For my job, what is this guy telling me? If I if it's a blitz and I got to get up the field, it really don't matter because I got to get up the field and get contained. Now, I don't want to run up the mm. field and he going away from me because it's going to open up that hole, Right. So I don't want to do that. It's gonna it's gonna widen that gap because he's gonna gap go integrity, and baby. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. So I mean that. So you don't want to do that. But so that's the only pre snap read if I got my job and I'm I'm contained. If it's just okay. a if it's a first down, that's when you really got it because they got the whole playbook at their disposal, right? So you come out is his hand in the dirt. Now I'm going through, and this is this is the part that people. That players, you wonder why they can't make it in the NFL? Because they can't process shit fast enough. Like, that's mm. what you got to be able to process stuff fast. You see it. All right, this guy offset. Dang, Wednesday. Yep. The offset. They, they can do three plays. That's it. That's all they've shown. They can do three. Now, I don't know what three it is, but hell, I know it ain't a hundred different plays they can do. Right. I don't need to know right. exactly what they're doing. I know what they can't do or what they won't do. So now you start narrowing that down. So I go, okay, back off set. That narrowed down to three. Back off set, this guy up in a in a passive stance. Well, hell, they've shown 72% screen on that. All right, here we go. Like, you know what I mean? Like mm. that. And you got in like you said, you gotta be able to, like you gotta be able to process, you gotta be able to see it right away. And a lot of guys struggle with that 
um, in the NFL. They struggle with it. And this is the when it's real ironic when we go and we speak to kids and we tell them how important school is. This is where the school comes in at. This is where your homework, where your learning ability comes in at. Because last week when they had one offset back, that offset back and the tackle was up as if it was a pass. Well, that was New England. They only did. They only ran about thirteen percent of the time out of that. Well, this is old school Seattle. Seattle run the ball eighty one percent out of that, and you got to know that. Like whatever you learned last week, you got to wipe it out, and you got to learn what you're gonna do this week. And that's the part that when we're talking to kids these days, they think if I'm good, if I'm just athletic enough, and I can play football, I can do it. Nah, you see a lot of those guys get out of the league real fast. Yeah, see? And who 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 said the defensive line all they had to do is put their hand in the ground and get up? Lance huh? Briggs. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> Shout out to LB. Shout out to LB. <laughs> so the, the touchdown play before we get to the yep. offensive side of the football. Mm-hmm. Uh Jordan Addison. Yep. Um I, and now correct me if I'm wrong, mm-hmm. because I only got a chance to see part of the football after show with you and Ruthie and Coach Wanstead and of course Lance Briggs, the aforementioned LB. Um, um, but it seemed like the mm-hmm. corner was doing somebody else's job and, and, and seemingly the, his eyes seemingly was doing somebody else's mm-hmm. job. Um, there was, there was a linebacker that crossed the face. Well, that got, got his face crossed by TJ Hawkinson, but it seemed like he was okay. And it seemed like Jordan Addison just got behind. Uh, yeah. Tell mommy he's on the phone. Damn it. Now, now it seemed like Jordan Addison. <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> Are you good? Listen, I'm about to scream down right now. Okay. I hear, I hear just life, walking life, outside the office right now. No, are you cool? I, I got a six-year-old I'm about to deal with right now. He knows. So this is it. What's Ladies up? and gentlemen, listening to this pod, this is why this is real shit. Because my my son understands that uh-huh. my fiance is in L.A. right now. So it's Yaha time downstairs. He's oh, yeah. supposed to oh, be yeah. in the bed by now. He going crazy. I'm, I'm, I'm hearing silly string, all types of shit. I think I heard a beer just get open, to be honest with you. So I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to end this segment here a little bit early. But <laughs> but Jordan Addison, the corner yeah. route, uh, the corner seemingly was looking either in the backfield or looking at TJ Hawkinson crossing mm-hmm. the linebacker's face. Mm-hmm. And, you know, talk – can you speak to or tell us about what landmarks are? We hear landmarks in defense mm-hmm. all the time. And, you know, we're trying to educate the listener here on the Full Go Podcast. So when, when you have your keys, when you have your landmarks as a defense, how important is it to stay on those so that plays like that don't happen where there's seemingly a bust and now you have to make an uber-athletic play in the corner against a wide receiver who's got the drop on you? Yeah, I mean, it's defense. defense is really, really weird in this sense that 10 guys can be doing their job and one guy can mess up the whole damn thing. Like, so what he was doing, what the corner was doing, I believe it was Stevenson, right? I believe, uh, I think mm-hmm. it was Stevenson. So Stevenson. Boy. I like him a lot too. Physical. Yeah, me too. Me too. He's a, he's a real good cover two corner. He is. Yep. He's just got to learn. And I, and I think what he did was, uh, it was young, like a young kid. Like he, he don't have the experience yet. You know what I mean? He's trying to play it like like he saw Madden, and it's like, nah, son, you can't, <laughs> you ain't gonna get back there. You need to get your get your butt back because these boys in this league, even though we put Patrick Mahomes here and we got um, Kirk Cousins here, like this boy still got a cannon on his arm. 
Yeah. And he can put that ball there. So you got to get back. And he was trying. He did come up a little bit, and his eyes was on uh, Hawkinson as Hawkinson was trying to cross the the linebacker. Mm-hmm. He shouldn't be. That is high to low. You got to play that high in that corner. Make him throw it to Hawkinson, and you come up and make that tackle. That They're putting him in the predicament. That's what they're doing. That, that offensive play, when his guy on his side runs a crosser, they're putting him in that – they run a crosser, and the number two run that – Run that um, what is that uh, a corner route? So he ran yeah. a corner route, and Hawkinson coming back the other way. Oh man, now you're in a predicament which it shouldn't be. They, he's, you know what? He's cheating. He's cheating on Hawkinson because he wanna pick it and go to the house. That's the only reason you cheat on that. <laughs> the only reason, because that's why you want that pick. You want it more See. than doing your job. I need you to do mm. your job, and that's why this team. This defense, for sure, so young. They were the second youngest team in the league. Yep. Like, they're very, very – that don't mean you can't be good. If you just do your job. Now, if if Eberflus isn't telling them this, he should be. That it is very hard because of the talent on the team, it is very hard for us to win and do stuff wrong. We can't mm-hmm. have penalties. We can't beat ourselves. Now, if we don't beat ourselves, we'll be in every game. Every single game. Don't beat yourself. Have two or less penalties. Don't turn the ball over. And get two takeaways a game. You'll be in every game. I don't care what game it is, you'll be in every game. If you just do those things, and those those things are just not beating yourself. And his eyes cause him to beat himself because he's looking at Haggis and he want to make the play as Addison is getting leverage on him. And once you try to go, it's too late. Like, it's now Addison has, and now he's in between the safety and the corner. The corner should be under that for an easy pick. It's easy because the reason it's easy because he can't go but so far. Right. Because the end zone is there. So he can't go but so far back. So you, if you just played it, if he had played it three yards deeper, three yards, three yards, he'd got a pick. He might not have took it to the house, but you'd have got the pick. Hey, ball going the other way. Let's go. Let's go celebrate what y'all do. They they run down, take a picture, do something. Yeah, they do all that stuff now. So, right, I right. mean, go, go do your dance. Go do your dance. You practice on that practice. Go do that. Like, yeah. But And he didn't do it. He allowed. So, Lansom used to call it taking the cheese when you got that underneath route and he got that over route. That, it's, it's almost like that. Like, you just took the cheese. Don't take the cheese. Stay back. They want you to go up for that so that you, so you can leave him open. We'll be back with more of the full goal with Jason Goff after a word from our sponsors. Get ready to start the NFL week off right because right now all customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay for Thursday night football. Just place a three-leg same-game parlay on this week's game. The Saints and got the Jaguars. We are ready for this game and we have a four-leg same-game parlay. Yeah, that's three plus one. We need a bonus on it on top of it. Travis Etienne, Speedy, Elusive. 
elusive, dynamic running back for the Jacksonville Jaguars. We like him being an anytime touchdown scorer. And Alvin Kamara, I don't know if y'all been watching, but the man is being reinvented in New Orleans. They got him lining up not only in the backfield, but got him lining up in the slot a lot more. Uh, he is a, uh, it seems like he's back to his old self, so we'll throw him in there for an anytime touchdown scorer as well. We got the Jaguars on the money line, and we got the over 39 and a half. All right, so that's Travis Etienne, Alvin Kamara, anytime touchdown scores. We got the Jags winning on the road against New Orleans, and we got the over 39 and a half. Build your own or choose from one of the popular SGPs in the Parlay Hub on FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. Make sure you visit FanDuel.com slash FullGo. That's FanDuel.com slash F-U-L-L-G-O so you don't miss out on your chance to get a no-sweat same-game parlay on America's number one sportsbook. FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Refund issued as is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Max refund $5 unless otherwise specified. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Talk with Jason Goff on the full goal. And the kick is good for the win. Fade to black. Brought to you by The Ringer, a Spotify original. Yeah, no doubt about it. And it's one of those things that Tyreek Stevenson hopefully will learn from. I think he will yes. be a, a fine player. Um, speaking yep. of that corner position, there's a lot of talk about Jalen Johnson this, this last couple of days and whether or not the Bears should explore trading him with the trade deadline coming up and how much money you're going to pay a guy that's not taking away the football. And, of course, cover two corners are put in a different position. And for the people out there who aren't aware, uh, you know, man up corners, they're the guys that we mostly talk about right like mm-hmm. back in the day yep. Namdi Asamoah and dudes like that and of course Richard Revis. Sherman and Re- yeah, Revis mm-hmm. Island, pa- Patrick yep. Peterson these kind of oh, cats yeah. uh, and I used to love when the boys used to get into little social media spats about you know not flipping the field and I, it, it'd be an all pro corner talking shit to another all pro corner talking about you <laughs> yeah. don't travel with nobody I'm like well both of y'all are cold but okay you know what I mean <laughs> yeah. get, get that off you know what I mean it's like, it's like when Kendrick and Drake and Cole going at it like the other rappers can't say nothing but you know cover two corners and you may, uh-huh. you know you play with one of the best you know mm-hmm. charles tillman who uh if you look at his numbers man there, there's some dudes who are in the hall of fame who haven't uh forced the amount of turnovers that he mm-hmm. has yep. um when he was drafted out of Louisiana Lafayette, I remember the Randy Moss play where he went up with mm-hmm. Moss, and I'm like, "Hey, it takes a different dude to do that. Different no dude to do that." Uh, what What is the skill set that a cover two corner has to have uh, that a man corner maybe we 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 don't notice the nuances and subtleties in terms of the difference mm-hmm. in the position and responsibilities? They're typically a cover two corner. Typically, um, obviously, I can. I mean, it varies a little bit, right? You can you can have some guys, some cover two corners that are are smaller, like um the corner that was at Minnesota that would come up and knock the piss out of you. Number twenty six came. I'm I'm blanking on his name right now, mm. but he would come up and knock the piss out of you. But usually, the bigger corners, not quite as fast, but they're quick, right? So a big nickel corner probably they play mm. great in space. Not necessarily 
fast, like can run wherever the receiver goes. Because right. on that crossing route, you go man, what beats man is crossing routes on the offense. So when that man run across the field, when I went to New Orleans, that is that is all that is all we ran. Man. It was man coverage. If that if that receiver go and he go eat popcorn out of that first row, I need you right there in his hip pocket. Mm-hmm. Like that's how Greg Williams was. That's that that's what he called. So we didn't have those corners. We had space guys. So Peanut Peanut was a fast corner, not like fast, fast though. Right. Nathan right. Basher wasn't fast. Nathan Basher was a ball hawking player. If you throw that ball over there, he's going to get it now. See, and it's it's understanding what guys are going to do. Peanut Peanut was never going to – he wasn't going to jump balls. Like early on, he wasn't going to jump a slant. He was going to come up and tackle you hard. And mm-hmm. as a defensive lineman, I look back, I'm sorry, what the hell is tackling hard? Look like it's second and two. <laughs> like, I, don't, I don't know what tackling hard is. So – and then you, then you see what he come up with, and he got this peanut punch. So they catch the ball, and he just punch it out of there. Like, whoa. All right, that'll work right there. That's second and ten. Right. Because for right. a defense alignment that like rushing the quarterback, second and two don't do me no good. Third and three don't do me no good. <laughs> I hey, I need some third and long, second and long. That's what I need. Catching run blocks all day long. Yes. Like, hey, man. <laughs> they don't pay exactly. for this shit. <laughs> yes. They pay for them yes. precious. <laughs> so, I, so I would say corner cover two corners are bigger, not quite as fast, maybe more quick than fast. And then, like, man-up corners are fast. They can run. Mm. If you go back and you look at the top corners that we're talking about, whether it's Aeneas Williams, Deion Sanders, uh, Daryl Green. Yeah, Green. We talk, these guys can fly. I'm talking about guys that can absolutely run. And that's what you got to be because whoever you line up against, most receivers can run. So mm. if that sucker take a go route <laughs> – you better be there because he quarterbacks throwing 65, 70 yards. You better be there. So unless you got a D-line, that can go get him. Speaking of 65 or 70 yards, we now take the show in the direction of the Bears passing game, which oh. which oh. Know, pretty much pretty much got a little bit more than 65 and 70 yards. Uh, man, listen, the thing mm-hmm. is broken, and now we get a chance to see it with Tyson Bajan. Um you know, you, you hate to see Justin go down, but this is, you know, this is a, a part of his game in terms mm-hmm. of continuing plays, um, you know, get taking hits. I mm-hmm. do not like the amount of hits he took before the injury as well. No. Um, yeah, Brian Flores was out there proving a point. He, he blitzed <laughs> on 53% of the dropbacks. Right? Yes. It's the most scrambling that Justin Fields has done in the game. And wow. that's including the Cleveland game last year as well, the year before last, I should say. Oh, yeah. uh, so, you know, with Justin going down now and the dislocated thumb and um, all the things that this next week at least are going to be, <clears throat> having a rookie quarterback in there, having a young quarterback in there, a dude from Division mm-hmm. II Shepherd College, what, what's the what's the thought process? Because throwing a guy in there with the adrenaline pumping and him hitting a couple of quick throws, and then all of a sudden the Vikings being like, all right, now let's mm-hmm. let's, let's let's turn this thing on up. He, yeah. He's got a week now. Uh, what's the team? direction like what's being told to the to the rest of the dudes in the their meeting rooms about what to expect or not to expect out of the offense and how you have to play even more of your a game you do have to you do have to pick it up a little bit 
You're going to have to pick up the slack. At least that's how we thought. If, I mean, I'm, we, we honest on here now. We honest. It's what we do. That's all now we, we can be. That's all we so, can be. No, because I know, I know. Three weeks ago, before the injury, you you was like, "Man, got to get a dude look." I'm like, "You got to, you got to, now you got to look." Because because let me tell you that before the injury, Justin didn't look good. Thank you. Luke didn't look good. Justin didn't look good. Like I don't know what happened the previous eight quarters that they forgot about, but that was not what I expected coming out against mm-hmm. that Minnesota Vikings defense. But go ahead. No. Go ahead. No, I'm, I'm I'm right there with you. I thought I thought the best game they played as a team was that Washington game. Now, the defense played an even better yeah. game in the loss to Minnesota, but as far as offense go, them past two weeks was the best we've seen them play. Uh, whether it was blown coverages or whatever, they were putting up points. No, I don't. I, I honestly don't think there's much of a gap, honestly. If we're, mm. if we're being completely honest, what that kid went out there and did with zero practice, with zero reps during the week, he went out there and matched what Justin Fields did in about the same amount of time. He had three possessions. I want to say at three possessions, he threw a pick. He had one fumble, fumble. That, to the house, and then he had a scoring drive. Like, okay. Like, go out there and do now. Now, that's without anything. And what's going to really, really hurt Justin is that you were a top pick. If he come out and do what you're doing, shit, everybody going to love him. All right, boy. Hey, I, they, everybody's going to love it. I was sounding the alarms as soon as it happened. I'm like, hey, yeah, P.J. Walker had one like, job. Oh, yeah. Because it's <laughs> over. It's over. It, it, it's over. Because I, I don't see Beijing going out there and – looking worse than what feels look. Cause this mm. is because what Luke gets is calling. This is what, this is what he does. This is what he does. He drops back and he throws the football. Does he have some athletic ability to move around? Sure. But what he does well is drop back and throw the football. He has to read a defense, all them damn touchdowns he threw in college. You know, I mean, come on. Now football, with football. a with a weak preparation, with a weak mm-hmm. preparation, I am very anxious to see. I was mad. I, well, I, I wasn't mad. I was going to be mad as hell at Luke Getze if he came out when Bajan went in. If he came out and ran that ball three times, I would have been hot. I'm talking about I would have been hot. You keep throwing the ball just like you were doing when Justin was in there. Keep throwing the ball. Now, let's see if this kid can do it. And I think I actually think he's going to go out and he's going to throw the football. And he's going to throw it well. Now, the guy, receivers got to get open. He's going to learn also, because there's there's a learning curve here, that D2, open, that don't happen in the NFL. You got to throw guys open. And as he learned that, I hope they give him three weeks. Because in that third week, I think you'll see some positive stuff. But in that third week, I think you'll see like, oh, whoa, hold on. This kid might be all right. I mm. really do. In this particular offense, how they want to run it, Throwing the ball, he he can make the throws. I mean, the last throw of the game where he was being pressured and he tried to throw off his back foot, he didn't get it there. But does he have a cannon like Josh Allen? No. Right. But the kid right. can make the throws. Neither does Brock Purdy, and he's doing just fine. So in order for them to find Brock Purdy, what did Washington, I'm sorry, what did San Francisco have to do? They had to get rid of her. They said they had to say no 
to the $100 million quarterback that they got from New England. Then they had to say, no, you know what? We effed up. We, we screwed up. That's us on, on, on Trey Lance. Brock, let's go. This, this is what they had to do. And then, like, not only did he only do that for, what, a half a, half a season, they got rid of the other two. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they got rid of them. Son, this is your job. Let's go. Because they built a team first. We keep talking about we got to find our quarterback with these high picks. You don't. You got to build a team. Because after you get the quarterback, you still got to build a team. Build a team mm. and then find the guy. Because the quarterback doesn't always have to be the top pick in the draft. He doesn't. Like most of these quarterbacks that we talk about, the Drew Brees, the Tom Brady, the, um, I don't know. Uh, Jalen Hurts. <laughs> yeah, Jalen Yes, Jalen Hurts. Um, when old boy was at Seattle, he was actually good. Russell Wilson. Yeah, like yeah. I'm talking about. We ain't talking about no quarterbacks that you have to get way up in the draft. People just do it just because. And I say this a lot. Just because you're the top three technique in this year's draft, that don't make you Warren Sapp. Okay, just because you're the top quarterback in this draft, that don't make you Peyton Manning. You're just the top player in this draft. You might be the fourth player in last year's draft. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think I think mm-hmm. um, GM's got to look at it that way. If he's not going to come in and help us play just because he's the best in this class, I'm not reaching for a guy. I'm going to keep building a team here. I think Bay's just going to go out and do what I think this is the worst thing, the absolute worst thing that could have happened to Justin because, yeah. not, because he wasn't playing well. If he was playing well, he ain't worried about it because Bayesian can't play. Bayesian can't play currently like a superstar. Right. If Justin, if this was the last six games of last year where Justin was playing out his mind, going crazy, nah, 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 he ain't got to worry about nothing. Bajan can't do that. But Bajan can do what he's been doing this year. Yeah. And I, I thought, and I mentioned in the middle of last pod that this is um, officially the door opening for another quarterback in the city of Chicago. Like after the first couple of games, it was tenuous up in the battle. You was going to have to ball out, but with this injury and with the up and down play and with the inconsistency and inefficiency of the passing game, like you can play spin the bottle in terms of who you want to blame. That's fine. You ain't getting right. it done. The passing game just is not getting it done in the league where you have to be able to throw that thing a little bit. And I'm with you, man. I've, I've talked about on this pod numerous times. You can draft high all you want. Are you drafting well? Correct. The Pittsburgh Steelers don't have the top two or three picks in the draft year in and year out. But for whatever reason, they find the the right talent. And right now Mm -hmm. they're trying to figure it out with Kenny Pickett. But, you know, they they find their gems. You know, Ozzie Newsome, Mm -hmm. when he was with when he was with Baltimore, wasn't he wasn't drafting in the top two or three. He was drafting well. The full goal with Jason Goff. And speaking of drafting well, um, how did the locker room handle the politics of upstairs when you were in that locker room? Like, did you guys talk about like, Hey man, that shit is going down up there. Or, you know, you could tell, or, you know, this guy, ain't this guy's this guy, because now the conversation is starting to center around Ryan Poles and his relationship 
not only with ownership, but also with Matt Eberflus. You know, Bill Polian was a part of the crew that was consulting with with the with the Chicago Bears before. The, you know, you've heard about Ernie Acorsi before that, and it still boggles my mind that a, that a family and a team that has been in the business for a hundred years keep outsourcing mm-hmm. this thing. Like at some point, <laughs> somebody gonna have to. You know what I mean? Like we yep. can't we we can't own the cleaners for forty years and then somebody mm-hmm. you know still folding the pants. Like somebody you know we, you didn't been born in here. You know what to do. You know what I mean? You know who to yes. go to. And, and this team keeps going outside of the family. Um, the Bill Poley and Matt Eberflus obvious Indianapolis Colts connection. Now Ryan mm-hmm. Poles is going to get a chance to, to bring his own guy in here. When stuff like that is happening and you guys are aware, or, you know, jobs are on the line. What's the conversation like mm-hmm. in the locker room, if any, between the leaders and the people who, who should care or don't care about those things. Cause the locker room, just like this, just like our own this, this podcast right here. Okay. It is what it is. And yes, we talk about it. When you talking about some hell being raised, now only to a certain extent now, because right, 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 you right. don't want to get fired. You know what I mean? Right, so right. <laughs> so you can only you can only yell so loud or your ass gonna be fired. So so like when when Thomas Jones runs for fourteen hundred yards. And then we go and draft Cedric Benson. Wait, what? You mean to tell me we ain't need no help nowhere else? <laughs> like, come on now. Like, that stuff, yes, that stuff is talked about. When Chris Harris get traded to Carolina. Wait, what? <laughs> Hold up. Like, well, what is this? <laughs> and then, and then come full circle and punch the ball out. And caused two takeaways on Greg Olson, I believe it was, when we played him and they beat us. Yeah. Like it's just like I think think Chris I think Chris led the league in forced fumbles that year. It was like eight or nine or something in Carolina. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. (laughs) Because I'm telling yes, it is talked about. Yes, a lot. It is talked about a lot. Now, when they make a bad pick, like when they bring in um dang, what's the boy's name? They brought in Beekman. They brought in Beekman as the center. <laughs> come on, man. Like, some stuff you just laugh at, man. I remember. Girls, come on. Like, some stuff you see and you just laugh at it. Like, what were y'all thinking? Ain't no way mm. in hell he gonna beat nobody out. No chance. Mm. And then they, then uh, Williams, the kid they drafted from. Because, like, I'm going through this Chris stuff. Williams. And you yeah. see, like, we talk about hey. this shit a lot. Because hey. Williams, hey. we drafted... <laughs> You mean to tell me we draft the offensive tackle? We need a left tackle, and he already hurt. You know this back was hurt. <laughs> like man, like you talking about hot man? We, there was some stuff. Now there was some even even some of the good moves that they made. As far as when we get to the preseason game, we don't have an offense. Our only offense, little piece, it is Marty Booker. We get to the preseason game. You done traded him? Wait a minute, man. What are we doing? Out of, out of who? Wait, who? Like, does I'm telling you. Now, shout like out, I said, shout that's, out to Wally. Yeah, that's my dude. That, that was a great move. But at mm-hmm. the time, we're like, what? Peanut. You mentioned Peanut earlier. We, we are terrible. Terrible football team. We go and we draft a kid out of Louisiana 
Community college? Wait a minute. What is <laughs> Wait, happening? No, stop it. Stop it. Stop. Alex, cut it out. He ain't going to no goddamn then, Louisiana Community back College. Then, back then, it was Raging Cajun, okay? <laughs> back then, college. back then, ain't nobody know what no Raging Cajun was. <laughs> In 2003, ain't nobody know what the hell no Raging Cajun was. Ladies and gentlemen, that is that University of Florida privilege right there, seeping out of my man. That's that SEC pride seeping out of my man right there. Fucking crazy. No, <laughs> hey, no, and like it's, this right here. This right here is so. I'm being so. Aunt, I've, I know. I've had this conversation with Peanut. Like I was hot that they drafted you. <laughs> I was hot. Like you mean to tell me we can't go nowhere and get no better players? Like, cause I, I dog, I was so like, and that's what I'm saying. What I'm saying is like, what what I'm getting at is that yeah. upper management. They make they make moves. Sometimes they're right. Sometimes they're wrong, and we all have an opinion about it. They just shouldn't give a damn. <laughs> they should do what they believe is best for the team. Period. When mm-hmm. when they when they made Hester go through all that BS just to pay him, the whole don't I pay him that. because everybody <laughs> else is watching, and they're like, "Well, he only do special team." Hell, that's all we want him to do. Pay him what he wants. Because he is special at what he do. Don't try to make him a number one receiver. So then you can you can validate to your peers why you paid him. No, no, no. They don't write any checks. I'm sorry. Is Kraft sending you money to pay him? Don't worry about what they're thinking. Like that is the part that I think that's that's our the media, the fans, they can say they don't hear it. They hear it. They're human. Of course they hear it. Now, if it should influence them, that's what it shouldn't do. Because what they should do is do what's best for the team all the time. Getting rid of Claypool as swiftly as they did, yes. That, that is what's best for the team. Yes, I know you, I know you screwed up. Yes, we gave up a second-round pick for him. That's going to happen. But what you can't do is keep that guy here. Mm-hmm. You can't do it. You got to get rid of him. You got to move on. All right, rip the Band-Aid off. Let's move. <laughs> Yeah, sunk cost. So, if, ladies and gentlemen, I want y'all to understand something. I was covering Alex during a lot of these times, and these motherfuckers would pull up to the microphone and lie their ass off about how they felt about the rest of their teammates. They would say that they, you know, everybody doing their job. They love everybody. Yes. You gotta, you gotta wait till these motherfuckers got babies in college and have gray in their beard before they start telling you the goddamn yes. truth. Yes. <laughs> yes. I, 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 hey, I respect. The game, buddy. I respect hey, the game. Hey, you know what? You know, you know what you get. You know what you get when you uh when you sit in that locker room with all them cameras in front of you, and you start telling the the honest, the hard honest truth. You get clay pooped. Mm. That's yeah. what you get. Right. Or you get, or you get, or you get Justin where they march your yes. ass back out there. Hey, you better go out there and tell them. Right. Hey, hey, yeah. hey, 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 and sprinkle a little bit of the evil media on that while you're out there. By the way, <laughs> so, put some sauce on it since you want to go out there and tell the goddamn truth. Yes. <laughs> hey, B man, I appreciate you as always, brother. Oh, Raiders, Raiders coming up. Uh, Max Crosby is a load. Um, oh, before yep. I, I, I mean to ask you about Darnell Wright. What mm-hmm. do you see? Because uh, the PFF grades, and then when you know when you see a dude get yeah. beat, it yeah. stays in your head. Yeah, like how do you 
evaluate offensive line play and most importantly, more importantly in this conversation, number 58. Like, how should I be mm-hmm. watching him as a guy who used to go up against rookie offensive tackles and knows, all right, you might get a couple mm-hmm. of plays, but he's going to get got a couple of times. And yep. how should Luke Getze help him out, if at all? Uh, I, I don't think Luke Getze would have helped him out um, on his own. I think he was forced to, and I'm going to explain why. I'm going to explain why I don't think he's that bad. I think that our quarterback was holding the damn ball too long. And I'm going to tell you a very, very good example. When Jermon Bushrod came here Mm. from the New Orleans Saints, he was a two-time back-to-back Pro Bowl left tackle. And then he gets to Chicago, and all of a sudden he sucks? No, no, no. The damn quarterback holding the ball for seven seconds. Nobody can block that long. Now, hopefully what we see with Bajan is he actually can read the defense. He knows where he wants to go with the ball. The guys don't have to block that long. That can help an offensive line so much. Just getting rid of the football when, you, when you're supposed to get rid of football. If the guy's open, put the ball on him, period. There's nothing else. You know what I mean? So I think that'll help him. I, don't, I think he is actually going to be a – I don't think he can play left. I think he, mm. they have him right. I think they have, it, they have him in the right spot. Put him at okay. um, put him at right tackle. Um, he's a he's a big boy. He can help with the run game. Get a tight get a tight end over there to help with that run game. And he's gonna be fine. He's just young. Young guys get beat. I mean, even the top guys get beat. Like mm-hmm. young guys, unless you're a Hall of Famer and you come out just smoking, like you're surefire. Chris Samuel when he came out, he was just damn good. And then injuries kind of kind of hurt him a little bit, but he was just good. Like wow. But um, I think he's going to be fine. I think he's going to be a – you do see him get beat, but everybody get beat. It's how mm. he gets beat. Does he stop? Does he quit? Does he – is he opening the door? Is, it, it, is he getting better? Is he getting better? And it's hard to evaluate him if the quarterback's holding the ball that long. So you have to look at the quarterback too. Did the quarterback hold the ball for six seconds? Was somebody open? He chose not to throw it to him. Now you got to throw it to somebody else. You put that clock on it. Okay, did he get beat right away or was it – Boom, 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 boom. All right, all right. If I keep holding him, it's going to be a 10-yard penalty. You, you're really going to be mad right. at me because now it's first and 20. Right. So now I got to let him go. And now he get the sack. You hit the stopwatch. You look down, it's 6.7 seconds. Well, damn, throw the football. Mm. You know, so I, I, I think he's going to be fine. I think he had all the traits to be a really good um, right tackle. Um, he's athletic as hell. Yeah, he is. Um, like, and that's what you need. That that's something that you 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 see it more on the left side mm-hmm. as far as the tackles go. But when you can get one on the right, now stop stop playing with me and putting a fifth rounder or sixth rounder. You 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 stole some years with Leno with Leno Jr. You stole some years, but stop playing. Get me a real get me a real monster over there. Give me yeah, a real monster if if there's one. If there's not one, don't reach for him. But if there's one, go find me one. I need a left tackle. Then I ain't got to worry about because the, the right end in most defenses is that dude. That's the guy. Yes. So he comes. Mm-hmm. You need that guy. You need that left tackle. Then everybody else's job gets a lot, gets a lot easier. It gets a lot easier when you can when you can leave this guy on one-on-one. Trent Williams. You can just boom. I'm gonna put him out there. And then I got these other four guys to block these three with a tight end chipping on this guy on his way out. I mean, that's easy. That damn, that's four and a half, five on three. Come on, man. Like, that's, 
like that stuff. But it just comes with putting the right players in there, and it, it makes people's job easier. Erlacher being in there, Erlacher was a monster before Briggs got here. He took a step forward when Briggs got here, though. It made his job easier. Not that Warwick Holman. I ain't, I ain't shooting down Warwick, them. Yeah, I'm just yeah. saying Briggs is a Hall, is a hall of Fame yeah. talent. Yeah, like, it is. It's what it is. <laughs> like, so, like, that stuff. That stuff. When you got Warren Sapp in there, yes, Warren Sapp is a monster. You put Simeon Rice on outside of him, hell yeah, he's a problem now. You know, like that. You got to put players in place. And, yes, you'll see the best come out of these guys. But as far as your question... Yeah, I think he's going to be all right. I think the yeah. kid's going to be all right. I don't really like that 58, but... <laughs> I hate it. I hate yeah. it, dog. No. I hate it. That is the the offensive lineman number that I hate the most since since Chris Samuels. <laughs> Chris Samuels running around with 60. He, I'm like, he hey, was dog, 60, you make, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you make too much money for that ugly-ass number, brother. You yes. too much, get, get you a 70 number and call it a day. You 60 feel me? with his neck breaks on. Oh, my God. You mentioned, you mentioned Trent. Man, we about to go. You mentioned Trent Williams, man. Hey, yeah. what Miles Garrett did to that. That man and and Trent Williams is a is a Hall of Famer. I mean, we sure talking fire. about one of the top ten players probably in the NFL right now. Mm-hmm. Miles, like Miles Garrett is, is should be illegal, dog. Like he's he on a different planet. Man, the agility, the power, the speed. I'm sitting there watching that dude. Like, hey, if, if that can happen, then Darnell, go ahead. You can have a bad day because <laughs> he can line up. <laughs> he can line up in any spot. He can line up anywhere. A Miles Garrett, anywhere on the line, you line, you know, he's a mismatch for whoever's mm-hmm. there. He's a mismatch. Yep. He, he is a problem. And you mentioned uh the kid from the Raiders, um, right after him, then you Max got Khalil Mack coming in. Yeah. Like you he, he gonna have his hands full. He got his hands yeah. full, and it's gonna be a real good test to see how he does. My rookie year, I come in and Ted Washington I'm telling me that Karan Riley, Karan Riley, when he played against, I know. When he played against um, uh, Jonathan Ogden, he quit. They say he quit. Mm. Mm-hmm. So you gonna quit? Nah, nah this is him. So you gonna quit? Hell no! Nah, like what you talking about? Nah, I ain't quit. I I'm don't going. care if he body slam me every play. Got body slam me the next play because I'm not stopping. You know. And right. then we have to play them in 2005. We played the Ravens at our place. We beat mm. them ten to seven or something. Cause. The hardest game, both mentally and physically, I think I've ever had. Because I, I I understood what Karan was going through. I was, <laughs> yes, like, I, because, man, it's hard when you go through 22 plays in a row and you ain't sniffed the quarterback. You ain't sniffed no running back. You ain't made no tap. You ain't get no assists, no nothing. And you just like, all right, the hell with this. We're just gonna fight the whole game. Like, I ain't stopping. Like, and that's and that that was that type of game for me. That was that type of game. It was it was raining and it was just, all right, we just gonna fight, man. I'm not, I'm gonna do my job every play. And he ain't gonna embarrass me out here. That's it. I might not make one tackle, which I didn't, but I tell you what. Hey, he knew Alex Brown came to play. When, when, when we left, when we left. He's like, hey, hey, good job, youngster. Cause I was, I, I might, I might, I should have had three sacks. I could have had three sacks in my mind. I was on five nine. Boy, I was, oh man, I was good. 
Jonathan Isaac just said, good job. He ain't know my name. He said, good job, little right. fella. Right. All right, cool. Hey, right. appreciate hey, it. Hey, hey, that's one of the guys. You take it. You take it. You take it. Ladies yes. and gentlemen, that is the, 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 the man who is fourth all time on the Bears sack list. And he is second all time in Bears interceptions for defensive ends behind Richard yep. Dent. And didn't know mm-hmm. that nugget, did you? The pride of Jasper, Florida. <laughs> Damn it. Alex Brown joining us here on the full goal. I appreciate, appreciate you, brother. You. Absolutely, yes, man. All day. Yes, sir. Bulls talk with Jason Goff on the full goal. Flies in with a two-handed slam dunk. Brought to you by The Ringer, a Spotify original. Shout out Tony Gill. He wrote in to tell us that uh, Patrick Williams is cheeks. Is what he said. Oh well. Apparently, well, apparently he was hey, cheeks. Listen, but yo. So if I have to say anything about this preseason affair between the Toronto Raptors and Chicago Bulls. Um, Kobe White is out here putting a lot of pressure on the kids, the kids that can't be kids anymore, whether it be Ayo DeSumo, whether it be Patrick Williams, uh, Kobe White has answered the challenge and he is going to be your starting point guard when the season starts on October 25th against the Oklahoma City Thunder. And by the way, hey, welcome welcome to the big stage because you got Shea Gilgis-Alexander out to shoot. You got one of the best players in the league out to shoot that you're going to have to defend and also make work on defense. But uh, I've been saying it on this pod for uh, since, what, the middle of last year that he is my favorite player on this team. Kobe White took it to the lab another summer quietly, you know, got bigger got stronger, worked on his handle, perfected his handle to a, to the point where he he couldn't dribble through traffic a couple of years ago. Now, this dude is a playmaker, a legit playmaker, and he's now the starting point guard for a team that has hopes and aspirations. We'll see if they can reach those. We'll see if they can execute. Um, you know, those expectations are high for him. But Patrick Williams, yo, I, beautiful kid, you know? Sweetheart of a dude, but I, I two years ago I was the first one because I was the first one to be like, "Hey, baby, Kawhi, dimensions, huge hands, you know, socially awkward, don't quiet, don't talk a lot." Oh yeah, that's Kawhi in the flesh. And then, and then we saw him not be that. Patrick Williams is on notice, man. If he hasn't been on notice before. Tory Craig is going to be starting basketball games before this season is out because I think Billy Donovan and the rest of his crew can't wait. They can't wait on it. And that might be a good thing. That might be a good position to throw Patrick in the, we can't wait on you no more position because he shows the flashes. He seems like he gets it in certain instances, but man, you got a lot of people on this basketball team seemingly forcing, forcing him to be more aggressive. And after a while, you know, <laughs> if, if it don't walk like a duck and talk like a duck, it ain't a duck. You know, if, if Toy Craig was brought in here to put pressure on him and now is the first dude coming off the bench in some of these rotations, um, and, and speaking of Kobe, seven minutes to go in the third quarter against the Raptors, he came down a little awkwardly on that left knee, which, you know, anytime you see any Bulls point guard grab it, they need. You know, you start to get PTSD from the Derek situation and, of course, Lonzo. Um, but, you know, and hopefully he'll be OK. It, it didn't seem like it was catastrophic, but it just seemed like it was very, very uh, uncomfortable. And he got subbed out. 
I do like the lineups with J- Javon Carter and Kobe White in there at the same time. You know, when they go small and throw Kobe at that two and try to slide Zach over to the three and maybe go with a big and Vooch and see who they're going to slide in at that four position, maybe DeMar or Alex Caruso. Right now, Billy Donovan is taking a look at a lot of different lineups, but the Toronto game was the get back to basics game. And for Patrick Williams to be as invisible as he was for long stretches, long periods of time, I don't know, man. Like, I don't know what more you could do. I don't know what more you could say. Um, At some point, you just got to believe a dude is who he is. And whether that's 10 points and four rebounds and, you know, a couple of corner threes and maybe some defense, maybe taking the ball off the rim and pushing it up the court. um, The game is finding his way for him instead of the other way around. Like he should have been pushing it, you know, sometimes yeah. <clears throat> you ever, you ever been in a relationship that you felt like you had to, you know, shoehorn your life into and that ain't comfortable, right? You, you like it when that relationship is form fitting, don't you? It feels like right now, Patrick Williams is trying to shoehorn himself into the relationship with this team on the court. Whereas do I go now or am I hesitant or, you know, a couple of times, I mean, you fading away, you six foot nine, six foot eight, you know, 235 pounds. You big strapping young lad. Jump into people, man. Make somebody feel you. You know, even, even against the Toronto Raptors, Dennis Schroeder and Kobe White mix it up. You know why? Because Kobe White took umbrage that Dennis Schroeder was picking him up 94 feet a couple of times and harassing the hell out of him. And Kobe threw his shoulder into him, made him feel him. And then all of a sudden, you know, Dennis popped off, probably called him, you know, a couple of racial epithets in, in German, you know, like, you know, I, I don't know if, uh, I don't know. Well, it probably is the same word in German as it is here. Right. I mean, you know, they, they, they are the, the founders, but seriously, man, I'm, I'm sitting there like, all right, look at Kobe, look at Kobe, you know, he, take it on bridge. You know, it's not a team full of choir boys after all. Whereas with Patrick, you fading away from dudes and, 20 pounds lighter than you, three inches shorter than you. There was a moment where he drove the lane, rose up to to, to poke it, and switched hands. And I'm sitting like, what? no, break somebody's wrist at the rim. Like, make someone tell somebody else, yo, don't jump with him. And for whatever reason, those things don't string together as much as they should. Love the fact that P. Will played 82 games last year. Love the fact that he's going to be a part, hopefully, of an offense that's more up-tempo this year. But blame it on Kobe, Patrick. Kobe's showing everybody what the kids should be looking like after a while. After a while... You know, everybody's professionals. If you are going to secure a five-year, hundred-plus million-dollar contract, which is what's on the on the docket, you know, everybody loves signing their own rookies. You know, it validates the pick. This is you think Justin Fields had a make-or-break year, a, a prove-it-or-lose-it kind of year. That's what this is for Patrick Williams, and the early returns. It seems like more of the same. It does seem like more of the same. It's good to see Zach get off to uh, this kind of start, a healthy offseason, healthy preseason, 
He got that bounce. He got that, you know, he got that zzz. He got that, he got that little, little jolt, little electricity to his bop right now. You know, DeMar seemingly is waiting in the wings, letting everything happen around him before he get ready to put it up. So, yeah, this we'll get into the season preview. We're we're about a week away from the start of the season. We'll, we'll, we'll have some people on, get a little national look here and there. But we'll get into our season previews when it comes to the Bulls. But as far as these preseason games, man, P. Will, you know, you either got to step it up or you got to look over at Kobe. You got to look at Kobe like you do the dude who, you know, doing walkthroughs, who go on full speed. You're like, hey, man, why don't you calm your ass down? Like, all right, you, you know, you're lapping me now. Okay, remember when you had to, remember you had to run suicides and the last dude always gets you in trouble and you, you had to kind of carry him or like drag him along or slow your pace down to make it look like you wasn't, you know, leaving him. And your coach is like, nah, 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 I know what you're doing. All y'all got to run now. You know, that's what P. Will got to look at Kobe like, hey, man, hey, hey, <laughs> I, I feel you and all your growth, but they looking at me crazy. So <laughs> cut all this progression and evolution out. OK, <laughs> plateau a little bit for me, Kobe, because uh, right now P. Will is in a um, he's in a weird place. He's a super young player who has had enough time in the league for the book to be written on him. And before other teams get to you, your team takes some inventory. And right now it seems as if there's more of the same. We'll see the boom moments that make us salivate. We'll see the, the scintillating, you know, shot blocks, or we'll see him shut down a, 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 a key contributor for the other team, two or three possessions in a row. And then there'll be seven minutes where you don't know he's on the court. So, for the Bulls to even be in that top six consideration, Patrick Williams has to start to fulfill some of those um, much-deserved professional expectations. And it starts in, not only in these next couple of preseason games, but October 25th, I don't think Billy Donovan will be shy in bringing Torrey Craig off that bench in the first rotation and sitting Patrick Williams. And if that consistently happens the first couple of weeks, two, three weeks of the season. Don't be surprised y'all. If Torrey Craig is just starting power forward for the Chicago bulls, because Patrick Williams is in that position now, where it's, it's put up a shut up and you know, he don't talk a lot. So you ain't got to worry about him shutting up. So it's pretty much put up time for Patrick Williams. It's Chicago in the house. Let me hear you say, yeah. Yo, you listening to the Full Golf Podcast with my man Jason Golf. It's your boy Dave Jeff. Holla at y'all. Much love. That's all the time we have for episode 304. Episode 304. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. Don't uh don't put that on the calculator and read it backwards. Remember those, remember those games you used to play back in the day? Yeah. <laughs> you were 304. Oops you know. or whatever. Yeah, boobs, yeah. <laughs> I used to be able to do Belize. Uh, I was always cool. I love doing b- the, the Belize backwards on the calculator. Shout out to all the Texas instrument kids out there. You know, y'all don't know about it, huh? Y'all don't know about the graphing calculator days, playing games on your calculator, looking at the other kids with that big ass <laughs> accounting attorney law firm calculator. <laughs> like that ain't no graphing calculator. Your mama just got that off somebody's off somebody's desk. Uh, your mama don't care about you like she care about. <laughs> like like mine cares about me.
but I digress. Uh, want to thank y'all for listening to episode 304 of the Full Go Podcast with Jason Goff. Brought to you by The Ringer, of course. Spotify is the gang. Want to thank our guest, good old number 96, Tuesdays with AB. Alex Brown joins us every single Tuesday. Gave us a terrific breakdown of uh, not only what he saw against Minnesota, but what the locker room talks about in times like these. And especially when players' names are being bandied about with the trade deadline on the horizon and this team looking like it is going to fall woefully short of some of the expectations that we all had coming into us. So appreciate AB for taking us inside the locker room and also giving us some, uh, some I thought, some good breakdown stuff too, man. Got, got in some dense football fundamental stuff, which we need. You know, we like to have fun. But, you know, it's good to hear what a defensive lineman has to read coming out of a huddle and and understanding what his jobs has to be. And I said jobs because you talk about play probability percentage. Like it was some good stuff in there. So shout out to AB, as always, who joins us on Tuesdays. Uh, Shout out to our production staff. The shadowy figure that is known as Steve Cerruti. Happy birthday to his beautiful wife and also the mother of his gorgeous daughter. Uh, Happy birthday, Mama Cerruti. And of course, our production staff is head up by the exceptional one, Kyle Williams, Chief Vibes Officer himself, Chris Sutton. And uh, he is gone uh, and, and sometimes forgotten, but we love him. Our main man, Tony Gill, on paternity leave. Uh, we want to thank y'all, as always. Um, thank y'all for jumping in on the vo- full goal voicemail line. 773-359-3103 is the phone number. 773-359-3103. Uh, we appreciate y'all for downloading this thing. Thank you for subscribing to it. Thank you for following us on the socials. Appreciate that, as always. Thank you for rating and reviewing us. Those numbers are going up. Those numbers going up. So I appreciate everybody's submissions out there. Thank you for rating and reviewing us, giving us the five stars you know we need. If not, we will see you in the streets. Holler at us on Thursday for Thursday's pod. Uh, As we get closer to this basketball season, we're going to chop up some more college basketball. We're going to look at some more college football, a big college football weekend coming up here as well, and get you ready for Bears Raiders on Sunday. So for the fellas, I am Jason Goff saying, as always, man, take care of each other. Be safe or as safe as you possibly can be. And remember to stay sucker free. We'll holler at you on Thursday. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with the Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Kentucky, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org/chat-in-connecticut. 1-800-9 with it in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana, visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland, visit 100 100- Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit GamblingHelplineMA.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text 
H-O-P-E-N-Y in New York.